0: CHAPTER Eleven, BEING SMART ENOUGH TO KNOW THE SIZE OF CELESTIAL OBJECTS THE SIZE OF THE MOON Being uninformed and oblivious has its benefits. Such qualities suited well for Forrest Gump and Mr. Magoo. For me, the pairing hardly worked out so mightily. My ping-pong talents fostered many inconsistencies, and my vision corrected at twenty-twenty. A huge intimidation factor in writing and with life, in general, is that I really did not know anything. I grew up in the city. All I could confidently speak of at that point was sports and stats. I knew Nintendo games, though not at a level that blazed a trail in the budding gaming industry. Getting smarter meant talking about smart things intelligently. A dog door could then be chiseled out to allow safe passage for ridiculously dumb subjects served smartly. The subject matter could be preposterous, but all that mattered was an imitation of being well-read. Andy had stumbled upon a local newspaper, whereas the reporter interviewed random people out of the crowd. The topic covered what was in store for the upcoming New Year and Millennium for those interviewees. Most of the responses possessed painful generics, devoid of measurable objectives, yet... We found no traces of herd
1: mentality with one man's testimony. Well, what will happen after next year? Well, I think the moon is gonna land on Kansas someday. I just think it's gonna come down from the gravitational field of the Earth's pole, and I think it's just gonna come down magically on top of Kansas. I can't really explain it. I saw a picture in the World Book Encyclopedia of the Moon on Kansas. It was a drawing that showed the moon's size compared to the Earth's size. Weekly Missoulin, North Dakota Cabin fever had a
0: new bully on the block and the market share of stolen lunch money threatened to develop into a duopoly. This was entropic humor that infatuated young men in a cabin to a point of obsession. Jealousy overtook my soul. He revealed his face to the public The angle of the photo augmented the man's gaze to the distance, straddled cozily by the parka hood. He presumed to be facing off into no other direction than southeast, towards his beloved Kansas, the home to an imminent moon landing. His vision corrected by circular eyewear, much bigger than that of a solely academic professor with no field experience. The reinforced frame of the glasses repelled any delicate wear and tear, more befitting of a man in action dissatisfied by unworked hypothesis. They boldly published his name, or pseudonym, Ken Doth as well. He demanded no anonymity, but the question still begged, who was this mad astronomer? What else did he know from reading countless volumes of encyclopedia over candlelight or lamps of whale oil, Would his home be a converted observatory, crowded of galaxy charts or lengthy equations that littered blackboards and windows, countless star wheels swaying in unison with the sun's tyrannical rule? Would each window be armed with a telescope, as if a porthole yielding cannons on an 18th century man of war? What gave him so much scholarly valor to blowhorn before thousands of readers that the moon will impetuously land on Kansas, we felt betrayal. Cabin fever had been bringing roses to our doorsteps daily as a token of commitment and exclusivity, all the while suppressing any signs of running around seeing other people.